This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. This is, there's not a more important topic that we could study than the topic of Jesus. By the way, there's not a deeper topic in Scripture that we could study than the topic of Jesus. This God-man, this perfect man, the, sal- the man who would bring salvation and provide salvation to the entire world. This man named Jesus, the name Jesus in and of itself is unique. It was a name that was picked by the Father. The name Jesus was not given to our Lord by Mary or by Joseph. It was a name handpicked by God. And this alone makes it a name that stands out as special. A name that would be worthy of our further study and our look into it. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. This name Jesus was a name that pointed back to his father The name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. If I may, the Old Testament Hebrew equivalent of the name Jesus is Joshua. Hold your applause to the end, please, if you would. But uh, my parents, they they had high hopes for me, I guess. But, uh, But it is the same name. It means Jehovah is salvation. It's a lot to live up to. Guys, just please leave me alone. That'd be great. But the name Jesus was special in that it embodies the entire gospel narrative of God providing salvation to those who had rejected him. The name Jesus embodies the gospel. Jehovah is salvation. The name of Jesus. This name Jesus is the name which is above every name. In fact, Philippians chapter 2 spends some time And we'll actually return to Philippians chapter 2 later on in the sermon. But verse 9, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven uh, and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The name above all names, worthy of our praise, the name of Jesus. Consider these names of Jesus in Scripture, and, and these are no doubt not all of them, but he is, he is Adam, the anointed, the apostle, author, the amen, the alpha, and the ancient of days. We're going to be here for a minute. That's okay. We're going through the alphabet. All right. Um, he is the beginning begotten, beloved, the branch, the bread, the bridegroom, the bright and morning star, the bishop of our souls, the brightness of the Father's glory. He is captain, consolation, chief cornerstone, counselor, covenant, the chosen of God, Christ. He is deliverer, day spring, day star, the door, desire of all nations. He is elect, the ensign, Everlasting Father, Emmanuel. He's the finisher of the faith, the forerunner, the friend, 
the first fruits, the faithful witness, and the fountain of life. He is, today's message, God, the gift of God, governor, guide, and glorious Lord. He is our help, hope, husband, horn of salvation, our hearer, the head of the church, the heir of all things, the high priest, heaven's wonder, and the holy one. One of my favorites, he is I am. Inheritance, the image of God's person, immortal and invisible. He is Judah, just, the judge. He is Jesus. He is king, king of Israel, king of kings, king of glory, and king everlasting. He is the life, the light, love, the lily, the lion, the lamb, the lawgiver, the living stone, and the Lord of glory. He is messenger, he is Messiah, he is our mediator and master and our mighty God. He's the Nazarene. He's the offspring of David, the Omega, the only begotten of God, and our offering. He is priest, Passover, prophet, propitiation, the prince of life, the prince of peace, the physician, the great physician. He is righteous, rabbi, our ransom, our rest, the root of Jesse, the root of David, our refiner, our refuge, our resurrection, the rose of Sharon, the ruler, redeemer, and the rock of ages. He is the stone, the shepherd, the son of God, the son of man, our shield, a servant, the seed of a woman, surety, sufferer, our savior, our sinless sacrifice, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is our teacher, the truth, the tabernacle, the testator, the treasurer, the tree of life. He is the witness, the word, the way, the wisdom of God, and he is wonderful. That's who Jesus is. And by the way, can I be honest? We've yet to really scratch the surface. You see, this morning as we open up our series, we could, we could, we, there's not enough time in the day, there's not enough days in the week that we could spend to try to describe all that Jesus is, uh, what he does, and what he, what his, the, the theological ramifications of his birth and his death and his resurrection. We, we literally could not unpack it. Our finite minds could not unpack it. But today we want to focus on one major aspect of Jesus. And I would claim that this is the most important aspect to the name of Jesus, of who he was and who he is. And that is that Jesus is God. That Jesus is God. The term for this theologically would be the deity of Jesus or the deity of Christ. The deity of Jesus is considered an essential doctrine and is a central non-negotiable belief within Christianity, also known as the divinity of Christ. And this doctrine, the deity of Jesus, asserts that Jesus Christ was and is God. Heavenly Father, speak through your word today. As we unpack the name of Jesus, 
as we unpack the deity of Jesus, as we unpack the fact that Jesus is God, lead us, guide us, open our eyes. Holy Spirit, work, illuminate Scripture, and remove me from the equation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Jay Gresham Machen had this quote referring to the deity of Christ. The Christian meaning of the term deity of Christ is fairly clear. The Christian believes that there is a personal God, creator, and ruler of the universe. A God who is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. So when the Christian says that Jesus Christ is God, or when he says that he believes in the deity of Christ, he means that the same person who is known to history as Jesus of Nazareth existed before he became man from all eternity as infinite, eternal, and unchangeable God, the second person of the Holy Trinity. That's a mouthful. That's why it's on the screen. Hope you were reading as you were listening. But Jesus, the person known as Jesus of Nazareth, he existed before he became man from all eternity as infinite, eternal, and unchangeable God. That is what the deity of Christ is. That's what it, that is what it means to say that Jesus is God. Turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of John. The book of John this morning. We're going to be in the first chapter of the book of John. As we look at this truth that Jesus is, in fact, God. We're going to be in the first five verses, verses 1 through 5 in the book of John. And then we're going to jump down uh, to verse 10 in the first chapter of the book of John. John chapter 1, if you don't have your Bible with you or app or whatnot, it'll be on the screen. John chapter 1, verse 1 simply says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. These first five verses, I want to know as I study and as I look and as I, as I inquire upon these verses, I want to know who the Word was. If this Word, all things were made by this, through this Word, and without Him nothing was made that was made, and in this Word was life, and the life was the light of it. I want to know who this wor Word is. Look down at verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. I'll pause. Verse 12 is a very important verse as I understand the order of my salvation, as many as received him, to them he gave that right or that power to become children of God. It's not a sermon today on that, but it's an important verse. Verse 13, 
These are the ones who believe in His name, verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Look at verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, the Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who is the Word from verse 1? The Word was Jesus Christ. The Word was Jesus. This is a powerful text. It's an important text. Many of you, most of you, all of you probably do not remember this was the first text, the first sermon that we ever preached on October 1st, 2017. This was my text, John chapter 1. It's extremely important. It's a foundational text to a lot of different things that we, would believe, that we will believe as a follower of Christ. But today, let's look in at a few truths from this text that will help us as it relates to the deity of Jesus. The concept that Jesus is God. Number one, look at this. Jesus was eternally present as God. Jesus was eternally present as God. Look at the first three verses of this text. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Jesus exists just like God the Father in eternal time. He was there, quote-unquote, in the beginning. You say, when was in the beginning? What was in the beginning? What was in the beginning as it relates to creation? What was in the beginning? Before, before, before. Before zero. Before negative. Before anything. He was. Jesus was in the beginning. When John says in the beginning, he's not necessarily talking about a start. He's talking about a state. He always has been God. He is eternally God. This beginning refers back to Genesis 1-1, where the, the, the scripture begins with, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This beginning was not a specific time laid out in scripture. This was just simply an eternal claim that ever since there ever was, He is. Ever since there ever will be, He is. Jesus is saying, or John is saying in this first chapter in the book of John, that in the beginning, before any earth, sun, moon, stars, before there was any creation, before there was any cosmos, before anything, Jesus was there, beyond the confines of time. And we can't comprehend that. We all live in time. We all are confined by seconds and minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years and decades. We're all confined to those and Jesus was not. He was dwelling in the dimension where time does not matter. And when you think of Jesus this morning, when you think of Jesus this Christmas season, do not think of Jesus' beginning as that manger. Jesus' beginning was not that manger. Jesus' beginning was before the world ever began. In the beginning was the Word. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 further proves the evidence of the presence of Jesus eternally. God said, let us make man in our image. God says, 
Let us make man in our image. This is our first glimpse into the doctrine that we're not going to talk about today, but the doctrine of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God says, let us. In fact, the word that's used for God there is Elohim, which is a plural noun. A plural noun. This verse simply references the plurality of God. And as I mentioned, it's a complex thing that we will tackle at some point in time. But the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three existing as one, but all three having individual attributes that are differing, it's an amazing study. It's a study that we could spend a lot of time on. But simply the fact this morning that Jesus was eternally present as God. You see, the first time we hear about Jesus is not in a manger. The first time we hear about Jesus is not when Mary was with child and her earthly husband had never been with her. The first time we hear about Jesus is before time began. It's in the beginning. And whatever you think the beginning is, because you can't comprehend it, and neither can I, Jesus was there. Jesus was there. Number one, Jesus was eternally present as God. But number two, Jesus performed miracles that only God could perform. Jesus performed miracles that only God could perform. You guys remember the story of the the man who was crippled and had the four friends and Jesus was in, in the house. He was in the house and he was, uh, he was speaking and, and the house was packed out with people and they couldn't get their friend into Jesus. Does everyone remember that story? You remember what they did? They got very creative, which I love this. They wanted, they were going to get their friend to Jesus. And what did they do? They cut out a hole in the roof of the house and they lowered their friend to Jesus. I love that. I love the creativity um, I love the commitment and the courage that that took. I love that. That story is in Mark chapter 2, and we're going to pick up just in verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins? but God alone. So they didn't say this verbally. Imagine being there, okay? Jesus performed this, performs this miracle, and then he says to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Okay? So they in their minds go, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but of God? Verse 8, but immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves. So Jesus heard them. They never verbalized it. They said it in their minds. Jesus heard them. He said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Number one, that would freak me out, okay? Um, what are you talking about? Um, how did you know? Um, it's kind of like my mom, right? You do something like, I can just think about doing something wrong. My mom's like, I probably wouldn't do that thing you're thinking about doing. Mom, how do you know? Chill. But Jesus, they reasoned in their hearts, and Jesus goes, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed, and walk. Verse 10, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. That was supreme. That was most important. 
Then he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Jesus performed miracles that only God could perform. Not only in this verse and in this, this text did Jesus meet his physical need, he also forgave him of his sins. He met his physical and his spiritual need. Jesus did things that only God could do. Only God could do. John chapter 10 is another one. John chapter 10 and verse 31. Then, then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself God. They say, Listen, we're going to stone you because you're claiming to be God. Jesus answered them, verse 34, skip down to verse 37. Still a part of Jesus' answer. Verse 37, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works. That you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Jesus says this. And Jesus was, had a way with words. Like there's sometimes I wish I could be like Jesus' hype man. Like, wait a minute, he's about to something just wait for it he said it did you hear what he just said like did you listen to what he just said he basically said hey listen you don't have to believe me you don't have to believe my words but believe my works that's like a man only jesus could do that and still philippians 2 still call him humble right i mean only jesus could be like hey you won't believe my words just just watch my actions hey you won't believe what i say just stick around and see what's about to happen Jesus makes the ultimate claim there to be God, not by his words, but by his actions, by his works. And Jesus performed miracles over and over again that only God could perform. And this is what confused the crowd so often. They didn't want to believe in their hearts that Jesus was truly God, but he kept performing miracles that only God could perform. So they had a very difficult tension going on inside of them as they didn't want to believe what he said but they kept looking at what he did and thinking only God could do this the turning the water into wine the very first miracle healing the nobleman's son healing the maniac of Gadara feeding the 5,000 the 4,000 healing Jairus's daughter raising Lazarus from the dead Jesus tangibly showed himself to be God he tangibly showed himself to be God. He performed miracles that only God could perform. You say, Josh, this doesn't sound like Christmas. As I said at the beginning, if we don't understand the theological premise of the deity of Christ, then him laying in a manger with some farm animals with an earthly father and an earthly mother doesn't really mean anything. If we don't understand that that little baby that was in a manger is God Almighty, then Christmas doesn't mean anything to us. It's important that we understand. It's important that we grasp and, and cling on to this, that Jesus was eternally present as God, number one. 
that number two, he performed miracles that only God could perform. And thirdly, this morning, I want us to see that Jesus makes the bold claim that he truly is God. Jesus makes the bold claim that he truly is God. We were just in John chapter 10. I'm going to head right back there for this passage in verse 24. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. He once again, and as a precursor to what we've already spoken about, he says, listen, let my works do the talking. Verse 26, but you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, verse 29, who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand, the sheep. Verse 30, I and my Father... Are one. Jesus, speaking of his sheep that hear his voice, those that follow him, believers, say those believers are in my hand, and he says those believers are also in the Father's hand, so that no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. That's a mighty bold claim for anyone to make. That's a mighty bold claim for anyone wrapped in human flesh to say, hey, I and Jehovah God Almighty, we're one and the same. And certainly throughout history, there have been men who have claimed it. They have uh, started what we call cults. There have been people that have given their lives for these men. There are people who are completely spiritually and physically and emotionally scarred for the rest of their lives for following these false gods, these false saviors. And every now and then, we don't hear it quite as much now, but every now and then you'll hear of another far kind of out group that this person claims to be Jesus. I'm sure if you went on YouTube and searched for it, you'd find some more current day people. I don't, not done that recently, but um, I'm sure there's somebody else that's done that kind of obscure somewhere. But we all understand that if someone makes that claim, it's kind of like, okay. But think about it in this day. Think about the power that Jesus was displaying, the fact that the Jews were waiting on God to come as the Messiah. But for some reason, this man named Jesus, they could not accept. They could not comprehend that he showed his deity and that he verbally claimed his deity. They couldn't grasp it. Paul would further back up the claim, though, that Jesus is God in Philippians chapter 2. I told you we'd be back in that passage at the beginning of our message. I said we'd be here at the end. You probably will see us back in this passage throughout the rest of the series some. But Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness 
of men. Did you catch that? He did not consider it robbery to be equal to God. Some of your uh, Bible versions may say something like this. Did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. It was, it was like he already knew. He didn't think it robbery. Like It was not like this is some major claim to him. He's always known he's God. He's not trying to use it to his advantage. It just is who he is. For him to say, I am God, he was not taking anything away from God. It was not robbery. It just was the truth. Jesus knew that he was God. He knew who he was, and this would be a sermon for another day, but knowing who he was, Philippians chapter 2, he still humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Even knowing who he was, Jesus makes the boldest of bold claims when he says that I and my Father are one. When he claims that Jesus is God. For my math people, the word is, Jesus equals God. That is a bold claim. In fact, in this day and age, as the Jews were looking for a Messiah, that claim was a risky claim. That claim could get you killed. That claim could get you beaten. Fast forward 30 years. But this is the kind of claim that Jesus made. He made the claim that he was God. And in closing today, may I say that what you do with that claim will forever change your life for good or for bad. Jesus is God. And to fully grasp that Christmas story, we must come to grips with either that baby in a manger was God Or he was not. That baby in a manger was Jehovah God Almighty. Or he was not. And can I ask you that question. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're a skeptic. Maybe you're here today and religion pushes you away and makes you a little nervous. I want to ask you a simple question this morning. Do you believe Jesus when he claims that he is God. And how you come to grips with answering that question will greatly impact your faith. You can choose to reject that truth this morning. And if you choose to reject that truth, you must then be willing to stand on the fact that Jesus was not God. And because he was not God and claimed to be God, then you must be willing to stand on this premise that Jesus was then a lying fraud. Listen to, the, listen to me. To say that I do not believe in Jesus as God, and he claimed to be, means that you must take the position that Jesus then is a lying 
fraud. You see, with Jesus, there is no middle ground. With Jesus this morning, it's not what many Far East religions would tell you. Hinduism and others would tell you that there's a lot of gods. And I mean, if you wanted to add the Christian Jesus into that, that's fine. No, Jesus is very exclusive. You either believe that he is the God Almighty, or you must believe, you have to be intellectually honest and say, then he's a liar. He's a liar. What does C.S. Lewis say? Jesus is, he is either liar, Lord, or lunatic. You see, you can't just say, oh, Jesus was a good man, and he was a prophet, and he, he did many good things, but he wasn't, he wasn't God. No, anyone that would claim to be God and not be God is a, is a fraud. Let's just call it the way that it is this morning. And if you choose to reject Jesus this morning, and you choose to, to reject the deity of Christ, the fact that he was God Almighty, then you must stand on that, and you must be intellectually honest this morning, and call him for what he is, and that would be a lying fraud. So don't say he was a good man. Don't say, oh, Christianity's good, but it's just not for me. No, this morning, let's be honest. If, you, if, if you're going to reject Christ then let's be, let's be real. And my question would be, are you prepared this morning to make that claim? Are you prepared this morning to make that claim that Jesus is not who he said he was? Or are you willing this morning to accept that Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be? Are you willing to accept this morning that when Jesus makes the statement that I and my Father are one, then Jesus is God? Are you willing to accept the fact that Jesus is deity, that he is Jehovah God, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of life, the everlasting Father, the great physician, that Jesus Christ is God? And that God wrapped himself in the form of a human, was born in a manger, lived a perfect life, died a sinner's death, even though he had no sin. You know that sinner's death? You know whose death that was? That was your death and my death. He died, it didn't end there. Three days later, he rose in victory and triumph. But I'll say this this morning, for you maybe, and I don't know, I don't know all your individual stories here, I don't know your faith journey, I don't know every one of your stories, I don't know where you're at with Jesus this morning, but maybe today is the day that you draw that line in the sand. And you say, you know, I've been playing church, I grew up in church, and I went to Sunday school, I know some of the stories, you had David and Goliath, and Noah's Ark, and all that good stuff, I know all that, and I, I can name you a few of the disciples, and you know, if I, if I can remember the song, I might know the books of the Bible, you know. Maybe it's time to draw a line in the sand and ask yourself, do I believe that, that Jesus is who he says he is? Maybe today's the day to draw that line in the sand, and I'll draw the line in the sand for you and say, today is the day to either confess your sin and repent of your sin and believe in this Jesus who claimed to be God, or today is the day to be honest about the way you really feel. 
And if you want to reject that, then today, today, today may be the day where I may boldly ask you to say, would you be willing to say that he is a lying fraud? And I'll be honest with you today. I don't know if I could, if I, could I know, I could not ever get to this spot in my life. But I'm asking you today to make that choice. You say, that's a little harsh, Josh. It may be, and I apologize if it is. But I believe if someone claims to be God Almighty, he is either deserving of our worship or he is deserving of our, I'm trying to think of the right word to use here to not, but he, he is deserving of our, our wrath. He's either deserving of our worship or he's deserving of us to push him completely away. Does that make sense? Christianity is not a straddle the fence Christian, uh, life. Christianity is not like a little foot in the world and a little foot in Jesus. No, Christianity is, it's, it's either all him and none of him, or none of him. Period. At the end of the day. Can I say the most encouraging news, if you will believe that Jesus is God, the most encouraging news is that God in the flesh loves you and died for you. And in your sin, the things you do wrong, the, the ways that you turn your back on him, and that filthiness and that dirtiness you feel inside, he took all of that upon himself. In fact, when he died on the cross, he didn't just die for your sins. Second Corinthians chapter 5 tells us he became your sin on the cross. So much so that God the Father had to turn his back because he could not look upon the sin that Jesus became on the cross for you. Jesus is God. And what are you going to do about it? Jesus is God. Are you just going to casually walk by and not acknowledge it? Jesus is God. Are you going to accept it and all the ramifications that lead up to it? Salvation by grace through faith in Jesus? Or are you going to be intellectually honest this morning and say, I don't believe it? And fully reject it. You say, Josh, that's, that's a tough one. Sometimes I think we need to be presented. Walking down the, the path and two roads split from one. And it's either Jesus or it's not. And today I'm bringing you to that path. It's Jesus or it's not. Heavenly Father. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.